Hey, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. This is Black Girl Abroad, a.k.a. LaQuisha, and I'm coming to you with a fresh new episode of the Black Girl Abroad podcast. A while back, I spoke of an incident that happened here in Kuwait between someone I would have considered to be a good friend. Uh, Me and that person had a disagreement, um, and since then, we have not been friends. I don't say hi and bye. I don't say how you doing, because I don't care. Um, Like Maya Angelou once said, when a person show you who they are the first time, believe them. And that is something I'm practicing in life. And recently, well, it wasn't recently, y'all. Maybe like in December, um, this person did something as well to me. And because I am a podcaster, because I am a vlogger, I vlogged about it. No big deal, right? Well, it wasn't a big deal until a month later, they decided to bring it up in front of superiors and things of that nature. Now... The old me would have been like, you bitch-ass nigga, right? (laughs) Just being real, y'all. But the new me that's growing and evolving and becoming more zen and less anger, less to, to anger, was like, really? And we had to have a whole discussion of the situation, um... It came down to, oh, you have to remove the video. And I stood my ground and I said, no, because this was something I did on my personal time. This was something I do. Um, And everyone knows my passion for vlogging and, and podcasting while I'm out here in Kuwait is to encourage others to see, to show that Kuwait is not the bias that we have in our heads you know so I refuse to remove the video um to oblige and to make the situation go away I hid the video but it's not gone off the internet let's be clear and so after that situation I just felt like you know what what's done in the dark will come to light and It's cool, LaQuisha. You don't have to fight this battle. You know, it's all in your hands. Well, y'all, the other day, OMG, I felt so validated. And let me give you the definition of validation. This is according to Webster Dictionary um, online. And it says, validation is a noun. And it's the act of recognition or affirming that a person... And their feelings, our opinions are valid and worthwhile. And so when I tell y'all my feelings and opinions have been valid and worthwhile, all because what was done to me, okay, on in December, it happened to another person. Not just any old person, but another superior at our facility. And when I tell you, in my heart, I was like, yes, because I'm not tripping. It's not me. I'm not the problem, you know? Like, it just felt so good. So good. I hate that it happened to that person, but it felt so good that it happened to someone else, and it just so happened to be another superior. So, listen, y'all, I'm saying all that to say you don't have to fight your own battles. You do not trust and believe. I've seen it with my own eyes. You don't have to fight your own battles. When a person is who they are, it's going to show. You continue being you, continue growing, continue evolving, continue knowing that what you're doing is right. And shout out to my friend Dominique Thompson because she told me this a long time ago. And at the time, I wasn't trying to hear it. But now it makes perfect sense. And that quote was, you should never get tired of doing what's right. And she's correct. If I would have took the old way of handling things, 
I would have looked even more crazy. You know, we talk about cause and effect here. We're talking about reactions. So everyone would have just seen the way I reacted without knowing what happened. And I automatically would have been deemed the crazy one. I automatically would have been seen as the one who's unstable. I automatically would have been seen as the one who has the issue and the problem and causing problems and all of these things. But because I was calm, I remained true to who I'm growing to be. And that situation just so happened to happen, just so happened to come up again, but with a different person. There it is. That's your validation. So y'all stay strong, stay encouraged. Don't worry about getting revenge. Like Beyonce say, the best revenge is your paper. Worry about that paper and let God take care of the rest. In 2019, I am on fire to inspire everyone that I can reach with the sound of my voice to start reading. Yes, because reading is what? Fundamental, duh. And so with myself, I am on a personal challenge to read 50 books by December 31st, 2019. And right now I am on book number six of my 50 book challenge. And that book I am reading is called, We're Gonna Need Some More Wine by the amazing actress and author, Gabrielle Union. We're Gonna Need Some More Wine is an autobiography talking about the life of Gabrielle Union and all the different experiences she had, not only being a woman, but being a black woman. And I am so in love with this book. I fell in love with it from the moment I've heard the introduction. Now, I am reading this book through Audible, which is a feature of Amazon Prime. If you don't have time to read physical books, okay, Audible is great because you can listen to it as you're writing. You can listen to it as you are washing dishes, cleaning up, whatever you're doing around your household. But I highly suggest getting like a book, an app that's going to read the books to you. That way you can, you can't have any excuse for why you're not getting your books in. Okay. And so in the book, um, and right now I'm on chapter six and I have, like I said, been loving this book because I realized I relate with Gabrielle Union so much. Forget all the negativity you've heard about her. Forget all the rumors from TMZ and the Shade Room because this sister is deep and she owns her deepness. And I'm in awe with just some of the stories that she has shared in the book. So far, she's talked about being a black girl, growing up in the hood, and of course her parents wanting a better lifestyle for her. So she moved to a predominantly white neighborhood in California. She talks about assimilation. And for those of you that don't know what assimilation is, it's when you are a minority culture trying to um, become like a majority culture. Of course, for us, assimilation means removing your blackness or removing your Latino-ness or removing your ethnic root and becoming more white, okay? She talks about um, being a girl and being awkward and not having the approval from her parents um, as far as like her dad. Her dad never told her she was beautiful. Her dad never affirmed for her that she was enough. Um, Her mom, who never told her she was beautiful for other reasons, you know? Um, So I'm not gonna give it away. You have to read the book. It's so good, y'all, it's so good. Um, Also, she discussed in the book about gaining her menstrual cycle for the first time and losing her virginity for the first time and um, how she started with her career in entertainment. I mean, the book is so, like I keep saying this, but it is, it's really a good read, y'all. And I realized in listening to the book that I relate to Gabrielle Union so much in so many ways Um, from the issue of growing up in the hood Okay, for those of you that don't know my background story, I grew up in City Gas, Houston, Texas, which is on the North. Yes, I said it correctly, North, N-A-W-F. I grew up on the north side of Houston, Texas, which was considered the hood. Growing up hearing violence, growing up hearing people getting shot, 
you know, growing up where it was drug dealers, all that kind of stuff. And of course, because my mom wanted better for me and she wanted better for herself, we ended up moving to Channel View, Texas. Now, for those of you that don't know anything about Channel View, Channel View was that small little hit town that made controversy when the mom tried to kill another mom and her daughter for making a cheerleading team and her daughter did not make the cheerleading team. Real talk, it is a movie on it. It is a movie about this um, controversy on Lifetime and you can probably look it up on your fire stick or whatever the case may be. Um, but we ended up moving to Channel View and of course Channel View was nothing like the hood. Channel View was predominantly a white neighborhood. Um, Channel View had predominantly white schools I went to school with people who were, you know, did not talk like me. Um, only about 50 kids look like me. So I relate a lot with Gabrielle Union when she talks about a simulation. Um, now, unlike Gabrielle Union, I was fully aware that I was black. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. I was fully aware that I was black, but I felt helpless at times because I felt like, well, damn, me being black is not good enough. Even though I hung around black people, even though I hung around, you know, majority of the girls who were of ethnicity, but it still just felt like, I don't know, I wasn't being true to myself. I, I kind of felt that way a lot in high school. Um, and then, of course, when you go back to the hood with the people you went to elementary school with, you know, you grew up with them. They know you since you was, since Mupp was a pup, as they would say. And to them, it's like, you're different. You acting white. You talking white. You doing this. You know, so it, I can relate with her when she talks about that identity crisis. I also can relate with her when she talks about getting her menstrual cycle for the first time. Because to be honest with you, ladies, what all did we really know about taking care of a vagina? You know, what did we know? What did we know about taking care of ourselves down there? Um, and Gabrielle Union kind of made a confession about, um, she started masturbating at an early age. So see, that's a little tea I'm gonna give you. That's why you need to go get the book. But she started masturbating at an early age and she said how she thought the vagina was just a clitoris and that was it. And she never knew it was a whole spectrum down there, um, because she never explored the rest of her body. And that's something that I think about often when girls go through that physical change. It's not only a physical change, it's an emotional, it's a mental change. You're having to learn about your body. You're having to learn about a place you never, you know, even thought about or whatever the case may be. And I know for me, I was the same way. I didn't know how a vagina works. I mean, you know, I received my menstrual cycle. I was a virgin when I received my menstrual cycle. So I definitely didn't know where it was, where the blood was coming from. So, I mean, she goes into great detail just about that experience. And I could just, I was living through her. I was living through her because I'm like, yes, girl, that's exactly how I felt too. And even though I had my mom and my grandmother and my aunt who have been through that process, but no one ever sat down and just told me about the process. It was kind of like I was expected to know. You're a woman. You're going to have your period. Here's pads and blah, blah, blah. You know? And it was like, no, that's not enough. I need to know. Um, but I love the book. And it's a quote that she says in this book that really, really resonate with me. And the quote says, stay afraid, but do it anyway. And she was just talking about in this moment how a lot of things in her life she was scared to do. But she went through with them anyway. And some would say that's the definition of courage. Where even though we know it's fearful, we go through with it anyway. So I am in love with this book. As you can see, I have nothing but great things to say about this book. And because I am doing the 50 book challenge for myself. And I do encourage you all to start doing a challenge. Even if it's 10 books. Even if it's 5 books. Okay. Um, but if you are an author or if you know of any great books from any phenomenal authors, I do prefer black authors, but I'm open to reading any books. Please let me know via IG and that's at black underscore girl underscore abroad underscore.
So I premiered this new segment last week on episode one of the new season of the Black Girl Abroad podcast. And I gained so many amazing reviews from it. And so I just want to keep it going because it's encouraging us women to become bosses and do what we need to do. And it's promoting us black women as entrepreneurs and people who are inspiring and encouraging and sending out positivity into the world. And so today I want to highlight a woman who is phenomenal. She's an awesome mother. She is a great educator. She's a motivational speaker. She is a best-selling author. She is an amazing confidant and friend. And I just want to tell Miss Charlie Marco, baby, you is doing the damn thing. If you do not know Charlie Marco, you need to get to know her. She is the best-selling author of the book From the Fo- From the Florist to the Forest, where she challenges women to think deep before you leap into marriage. She wants you as a woman to discover the need to know and forget about the superficial trappings that marriage and weddings and things come with. And this lady is deep, okay? I have her book on my 50 book challenge list, okay? And I will be reading it. And she's also coming out with another book very soon. So that's what I'm saying. You got to keep in contact, okay? Also, Miss Marco was featured on the Voyage Houston magazine for being a trailblazer in 2018. And when I tell y'all she is doing some big things, some amazing things, that's not it. That's not it. She also has a podcast. Yes. The podcast is called Confluence, The Lifestyle. And in Confluence, she talks about how to never underestimate the influence you have on others. Confluence is everything the progressive woman needs. Entertainment, relatable information, and enlightenment. Her podcast was created to connect the community of women dedicated to making an impact by using their gifts, skills, and talents to service others through encouragement, positive energy, and authentic advice. So let me tell you something. Confluence is where confidence meets influence. So this lady is doing the damn thing. If you don't know, now you know. And you need to go ahead and get with that Miss Charlie Marco. Okay? Add her on the IG. She's on Facebook, Twitter. Okay? And her information is Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Marco, M-A-R-C-O-L. Happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. And even if you're single, I hope that you took the time to acknowledge your family members that love you. I hope that you had a Galentine's Day. And brothers, I hope that you had a bromance day. There's nothing wrong with that. Kicking it back with your friends and just appreciating the amount of love that you have for one another. And that's exactly what I did here in Kuwait. And before I talk about my Valentine's Day here in Kuwait, I want to give a shout out to my besties back home in Houston, Texas, who had a beautiful all-white affair. You ladies looked gorgeous in your white dresses, and you was out to paint the town red, honey. I loved it. I love seeing the pictures. I love seeing the glow on your faces. I love seeing you just have a good time. I miss y'all. I really, really do. And y'all know Valentine's Day was my event, honey. I loved it. But guess what? You guys did an amazing job. You looked absolutely beautiful. And I cannot wait to see what goes on next year. As for myself, here in Kuwait... We had a Galentine's Day celebration as well. And before Galentine's, um, we had a secret Valentine exchange. And no, we didn't exchange the traditional gifts, even though I wanted to. But we exchanged something much more meaningful, and that was our words and how much you care for that person. And when I tell you I received the most beautiful words 
um, from my secret Valentine, which just so happened to be Miss Reham. Thank you, girl. And I just want to read you a couple of the things that she said about me. So the challenge was to write 13 reasons why you love that person or why you admire that person or adore them. And so some of the things she wrote about me, which was very heartfelt, she said, um, you go girl. And it's an insider behind that. Um, she said to keep smiling. She said that knowing me makes Kuwait better. Oh, that melt my heart. Um, keep rocking your style. It's awesome to know a public figure, which is so hilarious. Um, she talked about how I make the work environment a better place. She thanked me for being me. She loves my positivity. And that just made me feel so good. Honestly, her words and the way she thinks of me made me feel much better than any dozen of roses or box of chocolates could have ever made me feel. Not only did I do this challenge with my girlfriends here in Kuwait, I also did this challenge with my boo. Happy Valentine's Day, boo. Of course, um, as you all know, my guy is from Jamaica. They do not celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, they look at it as a false holiday, which, you know, there is some truth to that. But I still wanted to do this challenge with him. And he even surprised me with some of the things that he said Um the 14 reasons why he loved me. And honestly, just listening, or not listening, but reading his words, it just made me fall even more in love because I'm like, oh my God, like this is so, like stuff that I don't even think that men pay attention to, ladies. When you have the right one and they pay attention and they focus on that, it just makes your day. And so I'm just going to read you a couple of my favorites that he shared. This one just melts in my heart. Uh, what he said, I love your beautiful, radiant, astonishingly amazing smile. I thought it was a million dollar smile, but sad to say I was wrong. Your smile is priceless. Y'all, when I tell you the boy be finessing panties, let me not, let me not go there. Uh, <laughs> I think them Caribbean men went to like a school or something to finesse the draws off of these women. Like when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. Um, another one that was a favorite of mine was he said, I love the way we reach. I mean, I love the way we relate to each other on so many different levels and the different phases. It's nothing like I've ever experienced before. Um, another favorite of mine was, and this is going to be the last one I read. I don't want to give away all of what Booski told me. This is intimate. <laughs> um, but he says that he... I'm trying to find it, y'all. Give me a moment. Because it was just like, oh, But we'll be paying attention. Um, He talks about how he loves the way I'm constantly progressing and finding ways to be a better person and to surpass the level I'm at. And that made me feel so special. Like, wow, he pays attention to that. Like, I don't just go around saying, oh, I'm going to be a better person, better person, better person. But for someone to pay attention that you're trying, that's amazing. Um, and also, I shared some of the reasons why I love him. Of course, the first one I said was because he's fine. Like, let's just be clear. Booski is it to me. Okay, I can't I can't speak for other women because I don't even want other women to think my man fine, okay? But to me, he's fine. He's exactly what I what I've wanted physically in a man for so long and never had it. And now since I have it, I'm like, oh, you are not going anywhere. Okay. Um, also I tell him I love his spirituality. He is so in tune with God. And he helps me to know the Bible more. He helps me to understand things in the Bible a lot more. So I love that about him. Um, and I also told him I love his outlook on life. Like, he's so positive. He's so optimistic. And that's something that we all need. We really, really do. Um, and then, of course, I celebrated Valentine's Day here. I was looking real cute in my boohoo um, bubble gum. One piece jumpsuit. Your girl brought out the heels on February 14th. Yes. She brought out the good makeup on February 14th. Shout out to Super Scent for the um, color eyeshadow palette. 
And yeah, we went to a restaurant out here called Love. And I'm gonna be honest with you, it was a very cute environment. I love the decorations. It was pink, it was black, it was white. Um, I love the quote on the wall. The quote on the wall was so amazing. It said, if I had to choose between breathing and loving you, I would use my last breath to tell you I love you. Ah, beautiful, 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 beautiful. The food was mediocre. It was okay. The only issue that I had at the restaurant was the service. And I'm going to be honest with you all. I have been getting spoiled here in Kuwait. I haven't been receiving any bad service. I haven't been receiving any horrible, you know, managerial staff. And at the restaurant, because I have an allergy to mushrooms, um, I cannot have them on my food whatsoever. And on the menu, it said that you will receive lamb chops and potatoes. Okay, so I'm receiving lamb chops and potatoes. I received my food. The lamb chop wasn't as tender as I've known it to be from other places. But I was like, whatever, I'm still going to eat it. I ordered that I'm going to eat it. Um, and then I go to put what I thought was a potato in my mouth, and it was a mushroom. And I instantly spit it out. And so I called the manager over. He was so focused on you all that I ate one of the lamb chops that he was like, well, you, you already ate one. Okay, so still charge me for that one, but I don't want this dish. And it was just a big hassle. I mean, completely rude. Um, And so maybe it was just that love location. I'm hoping that the other ones are not like that at all. I will be going back to give them another chance. Um, Because I think it's a cute cafe. I think it's a cute restaurant. But maybe that day the, the guy was just having a bad day. I don't know. Um, of course, after Galentine's Day, we went to our favorite spot, Cups, had some shisha, met some cool people. And I'm not going to lie to y'all, this whole little Valentine's Day weekend, we have just been partying it up. Like, it has been party after party after party. So don't let people lie to you and say Kuwait not lit, okay? You just have to know the right people. That's what I'm starting to figure out from this weekend. I have been um, networking with some contractors, with some people that work at the military base. I have been getting to know people's background stories. You know, what made me really, really just have a, oh, this is black magic moment was when I met a guy on yesterday and he talked about how he is out here making $100,000 and y'all, let, let me tell you the, the, the crazy part. He don't got no degree. No degree. Now, a part of me is like, damn, I got two degrees. But then another part of me is like, but I love seeing somebody make it. He was from the South. He was from the hood. And he's making it. He's doing the damn thing. So shout out to that brother. Black boy joy. Continue making that money. Continue getting your hustle. And the good news is he's going to school right now. So... We're not counting them out because <laughs> school don't make a break if you're going to be successful or not anyway. So we're not counting him out. So shout out to you, sir. Shout out to you doing the damn thing. But yes, y'all, this has been a great weekend and I, I'm just I'm just enjoying this. I'm just enjoying this. But all of this was to say happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. And I hope that you had a great one. I want to take the time to send a happy heavenly birthday shout out to my great grandmother, Mrs. Emma Washington. On February 16, 1911, my great grandmother was born in Beaumont, Texas, and she lived to see so much. I was fortunate to know my great grandmother for 14 wonderful years of my life and all of the wisdom all of the encouragement, all of the love that she brought into my life, I am forever grateful for. I love you, great-grandmother. I thank you for all the things you taught me. She was the first one y'all to ever introduce me to Boudin. (laughs) 
And um, I'll never forget the day I was 10 years old and I was looking at her eating. I said, what are you eating? Ew, that's so gross. And she was like, no, it's not, girl. It's just rice. And you put it on the cracker. And she gave me some and I was hooked ever since. So that's just one of the fun memories I have of my great-grandmother. You know, in this lifetime, nowadays, a lot of kids don't even get to meet their grandparents let alone their great-grandparents. And I'm blessed to have my my great-grandmother. She lived all the way up until her 90th birthday. And that longevity has passed down through my family. My My grandmother right now is 81 years old. And I'm just so blessed to be in a family full of amazing, wonderful, strong women. So again, happy heavenly birthday, Mrs. Emma Washington. I love you and I miss you truly. Okay, y'all, I have a confession to make. Lately, I have not been feeling like myself. I have been tormenting and going back and forth with thinking, am I a horrible person because of what I've been feeling? And that feeling is I don't miss home. Hear me out. Hear me out. I miss my friends. I miss my family. When I see everyone doing stuff, I'm like, oh, I wish I was there to enjoy the moment. But the truth of the matter is, I honestly do not miss home. And I was feeling so bad about not missing home that I sought out a friend and a confidant who just so happened to be from Houston as well. And I asked her, I said, should I feel bad? Like, I I, I feel like I should feel bad for not missing home, but I feel validated and, and true in my feelings. And she said, no, you shouldn't feel bad. She said, to be honest, I went through the same experience. And she said, when I went home, I thought that everyone was going to miss me and we was going to do this and do that. And she said, but no, you shouldn't feel bad. She said, "Um, being here is a different experience. She said, it's a new experience. And just the opportunities you have professionally and personally, she said, "I, I get it. And so I heard her speaking And as you know, I'm surrounded by my friends all day. And out of the group, I'm going to be honest with you. It's one person that really miss home, which I get why she miss home. Okay. Because, you know, she's poor. But (laughs) the rest of us are kind of just like, "Mm, you know. And then I came across an article that kind of put everything in perspective as to why I don't miss home. And that article entitled five things i've learned about the u.s since i've left the u.s by leslie hatcher published june 10th 2016 and in the article she talks about how she moved abroad after you know spending her life in america more specifically nyc she talked about how she has come across five reasons why she don't really miss home the way she thought she would and I must say I agree with these points so the first point she talked about was how American pop culture has permeated 99.9% of the earth now yes this is a made-up statistics but what she's saying is how the American popular culture whether it's the music the fashion the slang or the celebrities is undeniable anywhere you go and she even brought up how In the 14th century Spanish town, she found the Kardashians on her television screen. Let me tell y'all the gag of it all. I was so shocked when I went to South Africa and they turned it on the E station. And when I tell you it was nothing but Kardashian, 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 Kardashian. Why that shocked me so is because I'm thinking to myself, wow, these girls really are influential around the world like it's amazing to me 
It is amazing to me. Even here in Kuwait, I kid you all not, I run into so many women every day. Local women here that look like a spinning image of Kim Kardashian. From the lip injections to the cheek injections to the hair being bone straight and black to the big boobs, the itty bitty waist, the itty bitty legs, the big ant booty. I mean, it's astonishing to see. And that gives you that impression of is this what everyone thinks of America? Do everyone think everyone should look like a Kim Kardashian? Do everyone think that everyone should be the Kardashians? It's kind of scary. Another thing that gagged me in South Africa was that they have a Real Housewives of Johannesburg. Yo, when I tell you that blew my mind, I'm like, are you kidding me? So it's amazing to see how the pop culture in America has influenced the world. Now, part of me feels like, okay, I get it. But another part of me is like, I'm trying to escape that, you know? I want to live this minimalist lifestyle. I want to live this, you know, free from American stereotype lifestyle. And it's kind of like you get sucked back into it whenever you see those constant reminders. Not to mention the food. Of course, McDonald's is located everywhere. Burger King is located everywhere. Pizza Hut is located everywhere. So you do have those constant reminders of home. Another point that she makes is the U.S. wants me to die. And she says, this is a hyperbole, but not really. After spending the past two years living in a country that provides its citizens and the expats who reside within its borders, low cost to free health care, low cost to free higher education, along with low cost to free medication, I've come to the conclusion that the United States of America wants me to die or at the very least, is indifferent to my survival. Now, let me tell you this. And she makes a great point in her article where she says, I love my country. I love United States. It's where I was born. It's where my allegiance lies. However, when you do move abroad and you see how I can go to the doctor and pay $12 USD, for all of my medicine. I can pay a $6 copay to go see the doctor and get everything I need, get treated, get all this stuff. I mean, it makes you wonder like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? Why is it that healthcare is such a huge deal in America and then you go to these other countries and you not only providing that healthcare services for your citizens, but you're providing that for the expats and the people that are coming to live here. I know I have a friend from Canada, shout out to Ula, and she was saying how in Canada, we don't make a big deal out of healthcare because it's free. And I'm just like, how? Like, what are y'all doing that we cannot do in America? Why is it an arm and a leg to go see the doctor? I love how the author of this article makes the point where she says, I shouldn't have to choose between a wisdom tooth removal and a textbook for my class for music theory. Because that is oftentimes the decisions we have to make. Like, okay, if I go to the doctor today, you know, I know I'm going to have to pay this copay. More than likely, the doctor going to say I need to get something prescribed or something, you know. And a lot of times in America, why is the antidote medicine? Why is the antidote automatically pharmaceutical you know whereas here it is a lot more natural things that you can use i had a sinus infection one time and the doctor prescribed me some vitamins and i mean they were all natural i think it was like vitamin c and something else and don't get me wrong they were strong vitamins because it knocked out those sinuses like that um but it's like why is why is that not available where I'm from? I don't get it. I don't understand. Someone please make it clear to me. I don't get it. The third point she make was the United States doesn't want me to live. Now, I really, really, really enjoyed reading this section. So I'm just going to read it for you. And she said, this may seem like the same thing as number two, but it isn't. Check it. There's life and then there's living. 
there's being alive, and then there's living. And having lived for two years in the land of cheap travel, low, low cost education, work life balance, increasingly inexpensive wine, food, fresh fruits and vegetables, non sexualized nudity, and non stigmatized sex, I've come to understand the deep appreciation other countries and cultures have, not just for life, but for its quality. And this ability to just live is severely lacking in the United States. I totally agree. It says, I, of course, in no way blame it on U.S. inhabitants. The U.S., the world is full of people who just want to live. But the U.S., with its high cost of living... The inaccessibility to high quality foods and the obscene cost of higher education make living that quality life unnecessarily and unfairly difficult. Here, and she's talking about where she's where she's at, but I can also relate here in Kuwait, going out and having a nice meal at a nice restaurant with your family and friends isn't a special occasion. It isn't the it isn't preserved for the rich or the well off. It's just life. It's just living. And I totally can agree with that. Here, it's not about, oh, we're going to go out and celebrate because you got a new job. Or we're going to go out and celebrate because it's your birthday. It's just the way of life. You're going out to eat. You're going out just to have conversation. You're going out to spend time with friends. You're going out to spend time with family. And back home, that was something I would always have to consciously think about. If it wasn't somebody's birthday... I can't go to Papa Do's. If it wasn't somebody's birthday, I can't go and do all these other little things I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so those were decisions I had to make. I remember one time having to really decide between, okay, I need lunch, but I also need gas in my car. So I'm going to have to split this money and get gas and just get me like a little, like she says, no um, quality to, to good, healthy food back home. So, you know, it makes you wonder why is it that I can go to McDonald's and get four hamburgers, a 20 piece nugget, three fries and a drink for $12. But you know, if I, I'm sorry, it's probably less than that, to be honest with you. But then I go and I want a salad and it's $25. It makes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes no sense. Like, these are reasons that make me honestly not miss home. I was actually talking to Sine, you know, aka Gnomes Goes Global. And I was telling her, what am I going to do back home when it comes to food? Like, I'm so nervous to go back home and eat. Because here, I've been exposed to the fresh fruits and vegetables where they literally go out to the farms and they pick the strawberries, they pick the, you know, vegetables. Even in South Africa, the food was so fresh. It was so fresh. And back home, I know I'm not going to have that. You know, if it's not a recall on lettuce, if it's not a recall on meat, if it's not, what what am I going to eat? What am I going to do? Just drink? How am I going to survive off of drinking the, the whole summer, you know? So these are things that make you think. Another thing she talked about was U.S. politics and how it matters. And I will say this, being overseas, my mom told me about, um, you know, Donald Trump. And I said, well, mom, no one takes him serious on this side of the world. And she was like, well, they need to because he influences other countries and blah, blah, blah. And in reading, you know, Leslie's article, she talks about how, Ideally, yes, politics do kind of piggyback off of each other. However, American politics do not honestly affect expats living abroad. That's just being completely honest. So a lot of times when people are talking about Donald Trump or when they're talking about his politics or when they're talking about his antics, most of the time it's being made as a mockery. It's being made as a joke. And then, of course, being an American, they ask you, well, what you think about this person. And I'll be like, I don't know. Cause to be honest with you all, I try to not entertain politics as much as possible. Yes, I'm inclined and I, and I know, but I don't speak on it. Um, because I just don't feel the need to just being honest. Maybe later on I probably will, but not right now. Um, 
Also, when we look at politics, we're looking at different things like the boycotts and stuff like that, especially right now with the boycott against Gucci um, and Prada and things like that. And she talks about that in her article as well. And I'm going to read this whole section to you because this spoke so many volumes to me. And it talks about how being black or being brown in U.S. is a whole thing unto itself. And she said the prison industry complex. The revolving door of black men, women, children, trans men, and trans women gunned down in the streets. I knew all of this. I know all of this. What I didn't know until I moved abroad was how free I could feel as a black American woman. Hallelujah. Which is to say, I didn't know how captive I felt as a black American woman living in the U.S. Sure, being black and abroad comes with its own challenges. Yes, it do. And I spoke about that in season one of my podcast. She said, however, but being here on this side of the ocean, I feel weightless. The pigment of my skin matters to few. The It's brown hue does not invoke a history no one wants to remember. The coils of my hair inspires little more than appreciative curiosity. And my body no longer feels like a blank page onto which authoritative eyes read histories and expectations or etch ideas and desires that aren't my own. Here, I am not part of anyone's story, which means I get to write my own. It's lit. Then she goes on to say, I love the U.S. I would not exist in a way that I do. But when it comes to my country and leaving, it has been better for my life decisions. She said, I'm no longer tied to my decisions of if I'm black and if I'm a woman. I'm just simply a person. And when I tell y'all, I totally relate to that 1000%. And like she said, I didn't realize how captive I felt in America. Like I knew all the things that were going on. I knew all the things I needed to promote as far as black boy joy, black girl magic, black excellence and things of that nature. But until I moved abroad, it's like a weight has been honestly lifted off my shoulders. It really has. Like, I feel like I can just be a person. I was speaking to a friend the other day about how I love being out here because it's funny to see, for example, it's funny to see um, a lot of men from America, white males from America, they come out here and sometimes they have that white male complex. Like I am a white savior. I am here. I'm going to teach these little Arabic children. And I'm going to be this great hope and whatever everyone see me as in America. And wrong, different scenario out here in Kuwait, sweetie. Because you are just seen as an American. You're not above me because you're a white male. And I'm not beneath you because I'm a black woman. We are all equally seen as Americans, point blank, period. And because we're all equally seen as Americans, point blank, period, we're not treated no other kind of way. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I shared this with you in season one of the podcast. As a black woman out here, you are the exotic. You are the exotic. You would not believe how many people have come up to me and asked me, where are you from? Are you from Singapore? Are you from, not Singapore, Lord, I'm lying, y'all. Not Singapore. Are you from Sudan? Are you from Somalia? Are you from Jamaica? Like, they don't even know where you're from. They just see that you're black, that you're a good-looking woman, and, hey, they're trying to take guests. When I went to Dubai and I had on the traditional um, Emory... Am I saying it right? But I had on the traditional wear in the in the desert. And so many people were like, oh, are you from UAE? Are you from here? And I was like, no. And they was like, oh, I really would not have thought that you were American based on your looks. You know, it wasn't until you started talking <laughs> and that country accent came out, okay, um, that we knew you were not from this area. So it really enlightens. Like, it really just being here, honestly... I'm forever changed from this experience. I'm forever grateful for this experience because it has given me a fresh start on life. It has given me a renowned sense of 
of purpose of being and that's something that I honestly think I wouldn't have had back home. I would have just been stuck in the mundane of the Monday through Friday, living for the weekends, taking this day off so I can get a break and doing this. Here I'm I'm honestly I, I really have no words for it. I, I honestly feel just free. I honestly feel Balance. I honestly feel at peace. Like I, I just honestly cannot describe it. So although I miss my friends, although I miss my family, you know, although I'm missing out on wonderful things going on like birthdays and baby showers and things like that. But here and all those reasons I just named to you and all those things I just talked about in that article, those are reasons why I really don't miss home. You know, and it's like, yes, I want to be there for everyone the best way I know how. Um, But the truth of the matter is, I am really just enjoying this experience. And I'm thankful to God every single day that I'm able to live this dream. Like I told you before, I've seen people who were doing this. And some people were complaining. Some people were like, oh, I'm ready to go home. I'm doing this, doing that, doing this. Then I've seen some people who loved it, but they had to move back home. They had to move back home for other reasons beyond outside their control. But I'm going to be honest with you all. I'm going to try to ride this ride as long as God is allowing me to. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the thrill. I love the travel. I love the um, accommodations. I love the, the availability to quality of life. And I feel like that was something that was missing back home. I did not have the quality of life that I truly wanted. I was more stressed than I was happy. It was more a month than it was money, okay? I mean, here I have that quality, and and I love it, and I don't want to give that up. I really don't. And so, yeah, y'all. Like I said, I miss y'all, but, you know, I'm enjoying this experience. So, with that being said, everyone... (laughs) Like, don't judge me, y'all. I feel like y'all judge me. <laughs> I feel like y'all judge me. I'm just telling my truth, y'all. I'm just telling my truth, okay? As always, BGA fam, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. Thank you so much for all the input that you give me, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through Twitter or IG or YouTube. And again, thank you for your constant support. If you are new to the Black Girl Abroad family, I do have social media platforms that you can follow me on, on IG, which is my most used social media platform. The information is Black underscore girl underscore abroad underscore on Twitter, it is BG Abroad underscore. On LinkedIn, it is Black Girl Abroad. On YouTube, it is Black Girl Abroad. So I look forward to hearing from you, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.